Joining us today on the Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos Interview Series is Maria Canelopoulou of the Greek activist organization Save Greek Water, who will speak to us today about the impending privatization of Greek water utilities and the possible consequences of this development. Maria, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much and greetings to your uh, listeners. Let's begin with a brief historical overview of this issue. What did current Greek Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras once promise regarding the privatization of Greek water systems, and what is he saying today? Well, actually, Alexis Tsipras, as all the government, uh, the governments, uh, the previous governments in all these memorandum and troika years, uh, unfortunately, um, have said a lot about the water privatization, but did exactly the opposite thing. The important thing is that water privatization uh, shouldn't be an issue and shouldn't be part of the programs and the things that the creditors of the country are asking for. And unfortunately, it is. Uh, we have seen these uh, recurrent demands about uh, the water services being privatized since 2010. And all the governments, I mean, Papandreou government, Samaras government, and now the government of Alexis Tsipras, proved incapable of actually stopping these demands from uh, really, really taking uh, place in the negotiations uh, field. What are the Greek government's current plans with regards to Greek water utilities and their transfer of ownership to a European privatization fund? And what does the Greek constitution have to say about this issue? Well, I, what happened is very recently we saw with um, poll, I'd, I'd say, that uh, despite the Supreme Court decision that we had back in 2014, which prohibits the privatization of water services in Greece uh, and the ruling they are unconstitutional, despite this, uh, this very important decision, we have uh, this very recent development that uh, both AIDAP, which is the Athens Water Company, and that of Thessaloniki AIAF, uh, both were transferred in their entirety, and this is important to, to stress, in this new super fund, which is the new European uh, privatization fund um, agreed between the Greek government and its creditors in the latest uh, third memorandum deal. Of course, this is uh, something very, it, it constitutes a privatization because this privatization fund does not belong to the public sector as a legal entity. So for us, it is very, very strange that this happened. And we are going, of course, not to stay just, uh, you know, expressing our criticism, but we are going to pursue this issue at uh, the court and wherever we have the right to do so. And it is important to say that uh, this privatization uh, fund has four different subsidiaries. One of them is uh, this participation, uh, the public participation holding company, where uh, the water uh, services have been uh, transferred. The, the very critical thing here to, to also uh, remember is that this fund has a different scope, a different object. It was created to make money to go to the, to the public debt, to, to help raise funds, to, to reduce the debt. And part of it is supposed to be also for the development of the country. Water services, on the other hand, uh, regarding uh, also the Supreme Court decision, as have a completely different object. They have the object uh, not to be uh, profitable, not to be directed towards the profit, but directed always to, to provide good, good uh, sanitation and water services to the citizens of Athens and Thessaloniki. So for us, it is very important that the fact that uh, now with this uh, transfer, even if one stock is not sold, 
uh, we have a, a complete change of the character of the water services, which are now instrumentalized and completely different to their um, object direction. We are on the air with Maria Canelopoulou of the activist organization Save Greek Water here on the Alagos Radio in the Alagos interview series. Has the European Union or the European Commission adopted a position with regards to the privatization of Greek water? Well, here also there is something we really need to, to discuss very seriously because from the one hand, the European Commission is supposed to be neutral when it comes to the management of water services, whether this is private or public, and it is an obligation uh, by the EU treaties to, to have this, uh, this standing. Uh, on the other hand, we see that the Commission, as part of the uh, institutions that overview right now the situation in Greece, makes, or I mean, is part of the institutions that make such demands about the privatization of the water companies. The very problematic uh, issue here is that there is no transparency whatsoever in these negotiations and we cannot really know what the position of the EU Commission is and who, uh, in the end, is the responsible party for having to implement uh, these policies which are uh, against the will of the people. And this is very, very obvious because we have from the one part the, the referendum in Thessaloniki in 2014 where... 19% of the people there voted against the privatization. And on the other hand, we also have a very successful uh, right to water campaign, the European, uh, which is a, a campaign of uh, the only, let's say, direct democracy procedure at the EU level, which uh, also uh, was successful in Greece. So, I mean, we know very well that the people are against these policies and the fact that this is being, it's, uh, it continues to be a demand is very, very problematic for the EU as well. From what I understand, though, in many countries in Europe and throughout the West, water utilities remain in public hands. Is that right? Yes, and not only that, but in the few cases where the water has been privatized in the recent years, the last 15 years, there are uh, numerous uh, 235 uh, high-profile cases of remunicipalization. It seems that this model has uh, failed. I mean, it didn't really withstand the, the pressure. Um, we had a lot of problems with the private management and, and therefore so many cities around the world and in Europe in very high profile cases such as Paris or Berlin, the management goes back to, to public hands. And this is uh, not a very big surprise for us that we have been studying uh, with uh, you know, uh, rationality and the patience all the, the, the data, the available data. Because uh, it is in the nature of this monopoly, which is a public service, to not to be able to, to, you know, to go to the direction of the market as the market-based economy as we know it. Specifically with regard to the examples of Paris and Berlin, how were the water utilities in these cities returned to public hands after they... Well, uh, in Paris it was a political decision. Uh, after the, the mayorship uh, uh, changed hands and it uh, became part of, um, uh, let's just say, a coalition between uh, uh, left parties and uh, Greens, they decided to, to stop, uh, not to, to renew the contract that they had with one of the big multinationals, French multinationals of private uh, water operators. So it came, we would say, smoothly, politically and economically speaking, which was not uh, the case in Berlin. Berlin was a completely different case. Uh, actually, Berlin is one of the very few cities in Germany where the, 
the majority of the cities still are you know, publicly owned and managed, that had uh, tried this privatization uh, method. And it was a very, I mean, a lot of scandals uh, erupted because there was a secret deal between the town hall and the private operators. Citizens had to uh, evoke uh, a referendum to learn the content of these secret deals. And at the end, uh, they had to pay a lot of money to break the contract and regain control of their services after a lot of problems and a lot of economical hardship for the citizens of Berlin. We are speaking with Maria Canelopoulou of the activist organization Save Greek Water here on the Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos Interview Series. Are there any examples that you could share with us regarding the adverse consequences of water privatization in other countries? Well, in most cases, we have a lot of problems uh, with uh, raise, raising the prices and perhaps a lot of U.S. Uh, citizens know about and they have experienced it in their hometowns. Uh, there is uh, an unjustifiable uh, raise in the tariffs of the water. There is a lot of uh, neglect when it comes to investments in the infrastructure. Occasionally, we have also even problems with pollution and quality controls. And, uh, of course, uh, in many cases, there are also stories of uh, secret deals, of profit guarantees between the private operator and um, the public authority who, who gives the concession contract. And, uh, of course, in, in the end, uh, a lot of these cities, as I said before, are um, obliged uh, by the outrage uh, of the citizens to take back the control of the water companies. So... We really don't need to, to see uh, that happening in Greece. We know exactly what the consequences are. And it is shameful that uh, cities in Europe that have uh, long lived behind this kind of policies now try to impose it in a European country uh, with all of its economical hardship, such as Greece. I mean, there is no need to make things even more difficult as it already is. Which are the companies, the multinational corporations that are the key players in the international water utility industry, and have these companies shown any interest in purchasing Greek water systems? Back in the 2014, where uh, we had the tender for the sale of IAF, which is the Thessaloniki Water Company, uh, two of uh, very big players participated in the tender together with some Greek um, companies that were in, in a, some kind of consortium with them. Uh, the one was Suez. Uh, Suez uh, is one of the French multinational, very big player in the in the sector. And the other one is Mekorot, which is a very big public company, uh, the state-owned company of Israel. Uh, these two companies um, expressed their interest and participated in the tender of uh, AIAF. And, of course, the tender stopped, as we know, because of the Supreme Court decision back then in May 2014. But they have many times occasionally um, said in public that they're still interested in acquiring uh, or participating somehow in the um, Greek water sector. What do the trade agreements that the European Union is currently negotiating with the United States in the case of TTIP and Canada in the case of CETA mean with regard to the future of water throughout the European continent? Well, uh, a lot of organizations, especially the ones uh, making the bibliography around and the research around these uh, treaties, um, have expressed their concern that the, the future of the water services is in, is in danger as well. A lot of uh, a lot of issues are raised with these treaties, but for me, the most important thing here is the lack of transparency and the fact that uh, a lot of 
I mean, their names, the, the fact that they're considered to be just, you know, um, treaties of commerce, which is not the case. I mean, they, 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 they influence such a variety of aspects of our lives, which uh, is unacceptable the way they're, um, they're discussed behind closed doors. Uh, recently, we had also, I mean, I don't know if many of the listeners know about the, the things uh, that happen in Europe, but uh, very recently, just a few days ago, Belgium, the Wallonie parliament, voted down uh, CETA. And, that, and there are a lot of pressure also in the German, uh, in Germany about not accepting uh, at least a part of it. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, there is a lot of concern among all uh, citizens in Europe right now about these uh, deals. And we could say more, but uh, as, as I said, most of these deals are secret, so we don't know the exact consequences that they will have in uh, several aspects. One of the most unnerving, of course, is this uh, kind of international uh, tribunal, which is supposed to, to rule uh, all the cases uh, between the states and respective uh, investi- investors, which are the multinationals in our case, uh, a mechanism which is beyond the, the international court system that we have right now. And it is uh, in, in the cases that it's already applied, there are a lot of problems uh, for the states to be able to rule and regulate uh, the markets or uh, several env- environmental and other um, aspects of their, um, of their law. We are on the air with Maria Canolopoulou of the activist organization Save Greek Water here on the Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos Interview Series. Since the privatization of publicly owned assets is often justified based on economic grounds, could you tell us what is the economic status of Greece's water utility systems today? Well, that is very interesting also to, to note, of course, because in, in the case of Greece, we have uh, both AF and AVAP are uh, very profitable and stably um, uh, profitable companies. Uh, only last year, AVAP made 138 uh, million gross profit. And um, you know, now they are going to have, they have already agreed to sell a minority stock of 11% for, uh, to a bidder which will mean something like 68 uh, million um, for just this uh, percentage. At the same year, I mean, it's less than uh, a year's profit and it is a huge part of the company, uh, which does not really reflect the true um, value of the company since, I mean, the market value I mean, inside the stock market is completely different to the value of its infrastructure, which is paid by the generations and generations of taxpayers in Greece. Um, so we have a company which is profitable, which uh, offers cheap uh, water, one of the cheapest tariffs in, in Europe right now. And uh, let's just say that uh, in Greece, we still drink uh, water from our taps. The tap water is drinkable. Maybe it has uh, not the best uh, flavor in the world, but it's uh, drinkable. And we know that in many cases where water is privatized, in very few years, uh, we have a problem also of uh, consuming tap water. And this would be devastating uh, for a lot of um, if such a uh, if such a thing occurs. This would be a catastrophe because most of the people right now um, in Greece have very, very big difficulty paying their electricity bills or, you know, the, the everyday groceries. So to add bottled water to their shopping cart would be a very big problem. How does your group, Save Greek Water, plan to respond to the impending privatization of Greece's water supplies? 
uh, as I said, for us, uh, let's just say our uh, our Bible <laughs> is the the Supreme Court decision. Uh, we consider this decision a historical decision which protects uh, water services from privatization. And based on these decisions, we're going to to make all legal moves which are available and uh, and do whatever we can together with uh, allies in Greece and abroad in order to stop this from happening, but also to expose that. Um, I mean. This is a, a very big uh, democratic deficit here. When we have a policy which is failed, we have a policy which it's against the people's will, and still it is uh, implemented here and it is in a way uh, reinforced in the country. So for us, this has to be also shown at the national level. And thank you for helping us uh, doing uh, exactly this. We need to, to show to the other, to all the world, uh, that this policy uh, that happens here in Greece. Uh, is against the will of the people and uh, should definitely be revoked. In your view, what can the ordinary citizen do in order to respond to the privatization of water and other public assets? Well, in uh, in our case in Greece, uh, they, they can help the organizations which are already active by volunteering their time. Uh, we, we actually do, do not take donations or money, but we, we take uh, time, let's just say, donations by experts and people, or even not experts, people who can translate and do you know, graphic designing or whatever a campaign can uh, be based to. Uh, and also uh, even people who don't think they have a... a a specific skill. I mean, they can disseminate information. This is very, very important in our in our uh, time, uh, especially with the social media. So yes, they can help uh, spreading this information, uh, help us um, disseminate what we're going to do. You know, all the legal stuff that we're going to protect our water. And of course, if uh, they live in a city where they have similar problems. Uh, why not self-organize and make uh, a safe grid water uh, or a safe, uh, I don't know, Miami water or <laughs> um, the water, um, an organization of their hometown. In closing, where can our listeners find out more details about Safe Greek Water and your organization's activities? Our site is very, very, um, we, we keep it uh, updated and really, you know, uh, up to the last moment. Uh, our, uh, our site is www.safegreekwater.org and it is fully bilingual. This is very important. Uh, people who don't speak uh, too well Greek or people who don't speak Greek at all, they can still learn uh, about uh, not only Greece, but uh, things that happen in Europe in general, and maybe sometimes even uh, in the world internationally. Uh, we try to keep up with the news and uh, inform this issue, of course, mainly uh, in the Greek uh, situation, but also uh, internationally. So there, uh, in English, as I said, and in Greek, um, the, the site is fully bilingual. People can get more information. Well, Maria, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today here on the Alagos Radio and the Alagos Interview Series about this very important issue. Thank you very much for the hospitality and greetings to everybody.